0: Welcome to Rhema for Today. Many people say many times when it comes to praying to receive the Holy Ghost or to receive healing for the body. Well, I don't know whether the Lord will hear me or not. You know, I've just missed it. I fail. I'm such a failure. I'm such a failure. Well, he don't know you're a failure, so don't tell him. Are you hearing me? Because he said plainly here that I will not remember their sins. So he doesn't remember that you've done anything wrong, why should you remind him of it?
1: Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. Today you'll hear more from Kenneth E. Hagan on his teaching, The Prayer Series, Volume 6, on Rhema for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message.
0: I want us to look for a while, first of all, at prayer in the Old Testament. In Genesis the 18th chapter, the 22nd and 23rd verses, we find Abraham praying. He said to God, Will thou consume the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there are fifty righteous within the city, will thou consume and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked. That be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Prayer is joining forces with the Father, God. It's fellowship with him. It's carrying out his will upon the earth. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist Church, said, It seems that God is limited by our prayer life. He can do nothing for humanity unless someone ask him to do it. Now, he went on to say why this is, I don't know. But I think we've explained it to you already, if you just remember real well. You see, God made the world, the earth, the fullness thereof. And then he made man, gave man dominion over all the work of his hands. Adam, so to speak, was the God of this world. Then he made... Uh, Adam committed high treason, sold out to Satan. Satan became the god of this world. He's called that in the New Testament. Satan's called the god of this world. Well, God doesn't just move in on top of Satan and just, if he did, Satan could accuse him of doing the same thing he did. But you see, he's devised a plan of salvation and sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and Satan couldn't touch him and didn't touch him. And through him, he redeemed mankind. And now then, you see, authority has been restored to us through Jesus Christ and when we ask God, then he can move. Praise the Lord. Are you listening to me? That's why it seems that he can do nothing unless someone ask him to do it. You know, a good question would be, if he, if he can, why doesn't he do it? Amen. Isn't that true? But you know, we get a hint of it all through the Bible. And here in Genesis, and particularly here in Genesis, 18th chapter, when God refused to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah until he talked it over with his blood covenant friend Abraham. Abraham's prayers recorded here in this 18th chapter of Genesis is one of the most suggestive and illuminating prayers of uh, the Old Testament. Now then, here Abraham was taking his place in the covenant that God had made with him, the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. Abraham had, through the covenant, received rights and privileges that we very little understand. The covenant that Abraham had just solemnized with the Lord, with Jehovah, gave him a legal standing with God. So we hear him speaking so plainly, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? This is his intercession for Sodom tomorrow. All through the Old Testament, we find men who understood and took their place in the covenant. Joshua could open the Jordan. He could command the sun and the moon and the stars to stand still in the heavens. Elijah could bring fire out of heaven to consume the offering as well as the sacrifice. Or the sacrifice and offering and altar too, far as I concern, all of it. And then David's mighty men were utterly shielded from death in time of war. They became supermen as long as they remembered the covenant. If you read there in the Old Testament concerning the mighty men of David, you, you think you're reading that supermen there for a while. Amen, that's the truth. And as long as they remembered the covenant, they did become supermen. Practically all the priors of the Old Testament were priors of covenant men. They had to be answered. God had to give heed to their petitions. Well, now someone said, yes, that's under the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. Well, let's talk about praying under the New Covenant or the New Testament for a moment. The believer has covenant rights just as much as they had covenant rights. In fact, we have a better covenant, the Bible said, established upon better promises. We ought to be able to do all they did more too, even in a greater way, because we have a better covenant, the Bible said, established upon better promises. Praise the Lord. Now in Isaiah the 43rd chapter, the 25th through the 26th verse, God said, I, even I, that's Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25 and verse 26, I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions or sins for mine own sake, and I will not remember thy sins. Put me in remembrance, let us plead together, declare thou, or set forth thy cause that thou mayest be justified. Now here's a challenge of the covenant-keeping God to Israel, but it is also a challenge to the church. Now notice what he said, put me in remembrance. Now let me call your attention to this, At first God said, I, even I, am he that brought out thy transgressions, and I will not remember thy sins. Thank God for that. Amen. And I will not remember thy sins. Now, friends, God doesn't remember that you've ever done anything wrong, so why should you remember? You see, if you can come to the Lord without a sense of sin consciousness, you can come with faith and boldness and get your prayer heard and answered. Are you hearing me? You see what confidence that gives you? But as long as you come under condemnation and with a sense of spiritual inferiority, you're going to come tongue-tied and fear-filled and not get anywhere. But God said, I even I am, he that boughteth out thy transgressions, and I will not remember thy sins. Oh, praise God, that's shouting Uh, grounds, isn't it? I will not remember thy sins. And so he has no knowledge. I said he has no knowledge that you've ever done anything wrong. That is, providing you've been born again, become a child of God, or that is, that you've uh, even since been a child of God. If you've failed, you've confessed that. Well, then he's faithful just to forgive you and cleanse you until you confess it, well, you will be under condemnation. But now you shouldn't have any condemnation. Many people say many times when it comes to praying to receive the Holy Ghost or to receive healing for their bodies. Well, I don't know whether the Lord will hear me or not. You know, I've just missed it. I fail. I'm such a failure. I'm such a failure. Well, he don't know you're a failure, so don't tell him. Are you hearing me? Because he said plainly here that I will not remember their sins. So he doesn't remember that you've done anything wrong. Why should you remind him of it? In fact, it's not good taste to remind him. Praise the Lord. Amen. Because to remind him that you've done wrong, you see, is to accuse him of being a liar. Because he said, I don't remember, so you just don't remember. Now, with what confidence we can come then? Then notice that he said, put me in remembrance. Put me, God said, in remembrance. Now, what does he mean by that? In other words, remind him of his promises in regard to prayer. Remind him. Men who have been mighty in prayer, men and women, through history, not only through the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, but through history, men and women who have been mighty in prayer have always been those who put God in remembrance, have always been those who reminded God of his promises, and laid the case legally before him. I told you one time before, in the class concerning Charles G. Finney, he's known as a man who prayed down revivals. Finney said, I had some experiences in prayer that indeed alarmed me. I found myself saying to God, Lord, you don't think that we're not gonna have a revival here, do you? You don't think that you could withhold your flood tide of blessings, do you? Well, you said in your word. And I began to tell him what he said in his word. I thought of that as I read Finney's autobiography recently again to, I said in recent time, to renew in years beginning of my ministry. I had read Finney's autobiography, but I read it again. And I thought about this scripture here. He didn't mention the scripture, but I thought how that the Spirit of God was leading him to pray and leading him right in line with the word, whether he knew the verse was there or not. He was doing what this scripture said. He was putting him in remembrance. Put me in remembrance. Now, when you pray, stand before the throne of God and plead your case as a lawyer. That lawyer is continually bringing law and precedent. Now, you bring his word. Bring his covenant promises. He said here, put me in remembrance. Let us plead together. Declare thou, or as the margin of the King James translation reads, set forth thy cause that thou mayest be justified. And so he's asking you to bring his word, to put him in remembrance. He's asking you to plead your covenant right. God is telling you to plead your rights. Put me in remembrance. Set forth thy case, he says. Declare thou as the margin of reading. Set forth thy case that thou mayest be justified. Now here is a challenge of God to lay the case before him. If your children are unsaved, or whatever it is that you are praying about, find the scripture that covers your case. And then lay the matter before him. Isaiah the 45th chapter, the 11th verse, you're right close by there in that 43rd chapter. So turn right on over to the 45th chapter. Isaiah the 45th chapter, the 11th verse is startling. Here God says, Ask me of the things that are to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Now this verse of Scripture is prophetic. It does not apply to Israel, it's yours. Ask me of the things that are to come concerning the work of my hands. Concerning my sons, Israel were not sons. They were servants of God. We are sons of God. The Bible said, beloved, now are we the sons of God in the New Testament. This has reference to us. Now notice he said, concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. Now that's in perfect harmony with... The New Testament, for instance, John's Gospel, 15th chapter, 7th verse, where Jesus said, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatsoever ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Other Greek word translated to ask here, according to Strong or Young's concordance, means demand. Demand whatsoever you will, and it shall be done unto you, he said. Now you do not command in tones of arrogance, but as a partner, worker together with him.
1: Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find out more from our online bookstore with great materials from Kenneth E. Hagan and Pastor Hagan and the rest of the Hagan family. I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. The first is Kenneth E. Hagan's book entitled Understanding How to Fight the Good Fight of Faith, a Rhema classic. Next is Kenneth Hagan's DVD entitled The Anointing Breaks the Chains. And finally, Kenneth E. slimline book, Right and Wrong Thinking. All three resources are for the special price of twenty three ninety. dollars That's $7.95 off the retail price. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R H E M A. Dot org, rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagan Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Now, Kenneth and Lynette Hagan.
0: And you know, I want to say... Uh, Would you like to join us in prayer for our nation? Our nation needs a lot of prayer, and prayer does change Change things. things. That's right. And the Word of God says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will heal their land. And our land needs a lot, a lot of healing. Of healing. Yes. So I just encourage you to join with us here at Rhema, here at Kenneth Hagin Ministries in praying for our nation.
1: Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's toll free, 1-888-FAITH-99. Tomorrow, Kenneth E. Hagin will continue his message on the Prayer Series, Volume 6. That's tomorrow on RAMA for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.